Hi, I'm Louisa. I'm looking forward to one day trying out ludicrous mode. Welcome to the New Zealand All That's Tesla podcast. Indeed, Louisa, ludicrous mode is something to behold, or at least be holding on to your seat. In today's episode, we catch up with Nick O'Mara down at a cafe near Romati Beach. Nick has owned an EV for years and decided to upgrade to a Tesla. He's got a background in the energy industry and has an interest in how we can balance the load in the future. Right, I'm here with Nick O'Mara, and Nick, thank you for catching up with me. Um, coming through on the way to Topo, and you've uh, thankfully put your hand up and said, yeah, come yeah. chat. Oh, good. Welcome to the Capital Coast. Thank you very much. It's absolutely delightful here. Um, I see that the uh, motorway at the time of recording is not yet open, that transmission gully. Um, but, you know, it's certainly, uh, certainly looking tidy, and a nice little veer left on the um, motorway when we uh, come up next time, hopefully. Um... So Nick, tell me about your involvement, or your, what you do, and your background. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, um, so, I'll, you know, professionally work in the energy industry, and I have for, for, for over 10 years now, so obviously um, EVs are of interest, and uh, recently been able to sort of spend a bit more time professionally in the EV space, so that's been very, very exciting, um, giving me an opportunity to, to see where the development's going in that space, um, and also be an advocate them which is becoming a little bit easier these days than it used to be in the in the early days um especially with those barbecue conversations that you can have so no it's it's uh, so i mean i'm actually australian and i've been in here for about um, 12 years in new zealand fantastic and, and was it your job that brought you over no 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 um my wife's a kid so okay. i'll come over here start a family so Fantastic. Oh, good on you. Oh, well, we forgive you for that. So. <laughs> yeah. Most people have by now. <laughs> Except when it's the bladder slow and then it's a little awkward. <laughs> it's okay. That's another one of those barbecue conversations. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. And you've uh, you've got a Tesla, have you? Yes. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Tell, yeah. tell us about that and what brought you to um, purchase that. So um, we, we've, we've been in the EV space for a while. Tesla's actually our second EV. We had, you know, like most other people on Nissan Leaf before that, imported Nissan Leaf, which we had for about uh, about three and a half years, actually. So, um, you know, and that was one of those purchases we did on the spreadsheet. You know, you looked at the cost of replacing a vehicle, fuel maintenance, and like, hey, EVs sort of make sense. And that was really sort of before, I guess, the, the, the decarbonisation push really come in. But we just thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, you know, moved to early this year, uh, sorry, mid this year, looking to replace it, clean car discount comes up, mm. Tesla starts dropping their prices, you know, it sort of, uh, uh, you know, made a bit of sense. So we end up getting uh, Model 3 in November. Uh, I think people, people are referring to them as the sort of the unicorns. So mm-hmm. we've got the, the bigger battery and the, the, um, you know, the heated seats and the, um, uh, the performance motor. So yeah, that arrived um, in November, actually, early November, uh, early November, we received that, and so there was unfortunately a period of time that we didn't have an EV because um, we got rid of our, our Leaf on the secondhand market. It sold in five days, so um, we're really, really quite shocked actually the the um, how quick it sold. So then we went with a period of time about, about a couple of weeks without a without an EV, and I tell you what, I was shocked with the price of fuel because we hadn't really had to sort of for fuel for a while and so uh, that's good to be back into the to the um to the new space and i mean the tesla you know what isn't there to love about it 
you know, the range is good, obviously, going from, you know, sort of a maximum range of about 100 130Ks, you know, doing the 90, 95 on the highways yeah. to keep the, to keep the um, efficiency um, good and to sort of drive it as you want, however yeah. you want. It is, you know, it is good, obviously, not needing to worry about the um, 80 to 100% charge anymore, which is actually one of the biggest advantages I've, I've now seen is not doing that sort of mental math where we're going we might need the 100% charge today so we need to set it overnight today I'm just leaving it fully charged the whole time so yeah I mean we end up with a with a with a sort of a white um, standard range um, base base as it can get but uh, it sort of works for us and, it, and it's fantastic yeah awesome so since November you've um, have obviously gone through Christmas did, did, did you have the the, the long wait for the COVID lockdown that lots of people were experiencing? Or? Um, it was about 8 to 12 days out of Auckland. Uh, and, and it was 9 days. So, you know, the, the, those restrictions to get vehicles out of Auckland were, were very true. Um, and, um, you know, like I think like everyone else, sort of trying to find the car carrier that it was on and, and that sort of stuff. It was a little bit of fun there, you know, sort of the... Um, the Facebook forums were full of full of good sleuths. So um, yeah, I mean, we did have to wait, obviously, for for to get out of Auckland. But because um, we ordered towards the end of, I guess, the the delivery cycle, we didn't actually have to wait that long for the vehicle once we purchased it. It was at the end of the day. I think it was about four weeks. Something that um, after we ordered when it um, actually arrived. So with the excitement of a uh, EV that can do more than a hundred k's. Um, what sort of trips have you done? It's a great question. So, um, I mean, come Christmas, we thought we're not going to go away this year too far, try and keep local. Um, and we're supposed to have an overseas trip this year, go back, go back to Australia to see my parents, but that was all off the card. So we thought, let's give, let's give the car a good nudge. Let's really, you know, let's really see what it, see, see what it's um, going to do. So we, um, we ended up going camping um, at Mungaweka, just, just near the EV charger. So it was very convenient spot to go camping um, from my perspective close to a charger um, and you know not too far really from uh, from home it's about 180k from home so um, the, uh, the, the the navigation said we'd be able to do a round trip which was good um, but uh, so yeah we ended up going to filled the car absolutely full to the brim I don't think we could have filled another thing in there six-person tent, sleeping bags, inflatable pillows, all the kids' stuff to go camping for, like, three days. And it was jam-packed. The front was, you know, full. The boot was full. Um, and so not a single issue whatsoever. It, it drove fine. The predicted efficiency was absolutely on par. Um, the, only, the only thing, it was 2% over um, on its um, um, predicted consumption to get up, which is... Nothing, right? Nothing. And, you know, sitting on, you know, 100 kilometres for, for most of the journey. So, yeah, we went camping and um, it, was, it was a good trip out there, yeah. Good on you. Any major issues that you've had with the car in the short time you've had it? Um, I have a cracked driver's side window. Um, the, uh, the car didn't exactly appreciate... Um, me opening it from the outside one day it thought I opened it from the inside and didn't do the short drop on the window bit of a weird one 
Um, so when I closed the door, the window was up and it um, hit the, the trim and cracked. Turns out the window was misaligned when it was installed, so it shouldn't have happened. So when they finally got it back into um, the workshop, they looked at all the windows and found out there was other ones that were misaligned as well. And so it was sort of quite fortuitous that this had happened because um, it shouldn't have cracked, but because it was misaligned, it hit in a spot. The glass had hit in the trim where it shouldn't, which effectively created a, a crack. Um, Tesla were fantastic. I couldn't actually believe it. Um, it happened on the Friday, and here's me, you know, freaking out. I got this cracked windscreen, this cracked side, um, sorry, this cracked driver side um, glass. Don't know what to do with it. Obviously, did the, the service request on the app. 8:30 Monday, I'm getting a phone call saying they've looked at the logs, they've realised the car didn't do what it was supposed to. All covered under warranty. The parts have been ordered. They'll be here in a couple of days. And so they said, "Here's your appointment time. Come on in. We'll have a car ready for you." And was that at the Wellington Service Centre? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So that would have been newly opened. I yeah, think. yeah. It'd been. O- oh, I don't. I don't know how long it'd been open for, but um, it was all pretty fresh in there. They hadn't really got all the furniture set up properly, um, and they hadn't received all the things for their um, service for their um, parts and repair bay. But um, yeah, they were they were rearing, ready to go. A couple of loan cars there, ready to go. Um, charges on the outside, to charge your car. So yeah, it was it's a pretty cool setup. Awesome. All right. So going back to your um, you know, your work, you work in the um, yeah, electricity industry. Can you tell me a wee bit about what you do and where you see um, you know electricity and Tesla yeah. merging and mixing up? Yeah. Yeah. So I work for um, a local lines distribution company. You know, supplying um, supplying energy to the households and. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it, from an industry, I guess, it's come a long way in the time that I've been involved. Um, there's a, a lot more government support now. Um, there's a lot more focus on coming up with standards and, I guess, a controlled approach to the growth of EVs, at least from an energy industry perspective. Um, the consumption, increased consumption, electrification of transport, um, including EVs, is, is um, the area of focus. And... Um, how we do that in a manner which means that grid stability is maintained but also people can do the things they want to do you know if you've got your vehicle you don't want anyone telling you how and when you should be charging charging that um, so there, there, there is um, a real focus There's a lot of technology coming along that will help support that, that growth um, but um, you know it's still in its infancy there's a lot of people trying a lot of things out um, but I guess in the, probably the next couple of years we'll really see some of those, some of that R and D come to fruition. Specifically, I guess around Tesla is um, you know, they're they're a, 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 a um, they're just another vehicle in a large vehicle fleet, but they um, they do like to show their technology off and do like to use it for. Um, you know, for, for good things for their customers versus other OEM manufacturers who are quite happy to sell a vehicle, you know, and then just let that, you know, just send you on your merry way. So um, I do think there is opportunity there for, for Tesla to, to be a big participant in the energy um, market in the future. And I think, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I'd say that's where they're angling. Um, there is... Um, there is opportunity in the flexibility market when it comes to energy grids, you know, deferring energy use, even providing energy back into the grid to, to help support. So, so you're talking large-scale batteries and things like that for yeah, New Zealand? absolutely. I mean, that's that's all an EV is, is a large battery on wheels. 
and so being able to harness that in, in the future for a commercial purpose I think is an opportunity both for the um, owner of the vehicle because I'd like to get some compensation for my vehicle being used but equally you know the vehicle manufacturers um, been able to get some you know, advantage from that um, from the commercials around supporting you know, grids and um, yeah, energy in the future. Yeah, I, mean, I remember asking a few years ago when I was considering ordering a Model 3, will it have the ability to power my house? And they did say they didn't want the vehicle battery being used or, you know, forward and backwards to, um, you know, power a house and then to receive charge and power the house to sort of, you know, reduces the number of cycles and yet I was thinking to myself well hang on every time we accelerate we take energy out of the battery and every time we take a foot off the accelerator we put energy back in so I mean cycles yeah. it's hard to go into a cycle if you're powering your house what what's your thought of as a vehicle owner with having your battery go through some cycling in order to support your local grid yeah if you paid for it and that's and that's the compensation or the you know recognition that my asset is actually providing um, some benefit. And I don't think we've really landed on exactly what that that comp, um, compensation will be or what that benefit is. Um, it's probably quite high, I suspect. But um, you know, there's already vehicle manufacturers out there doing um, vehicle to load. You know, not to the grid because um, connecting to the grid got a bunch of regulatory requirements effectively to connect your vehicle to your to your house um so there's already manufacturers out there coming to the party on the vehicle to load so i can charge my phone or my e-bike while i'm out and about so it's uh, like the ionic yeah uh, the Hyundai ionic. Yeah. so you can basically buy the adapter yeah um and it runs a three pin plug i think doesn't it doesn't yeah. your battery yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i yeah. think it's up to uh up to 10 amps right so i mean from a consumer perspective they're going to want that. So the manufacturers have to come to the party at some point to make that available. Um, I mean, they're already offering eight years warranty on your battery, which is significant. And, um, I mean, it's a lot more than you'd seen in other drivetrains for, for, for ICE vehicles. So I think it was probably easy to say, you know, the cycles are the problem. We can't make that available. Um, but you see now that maybe the technology is advanced enough that it's not so much of a problem, mm. um, especially to maintain that warranty, which is effectively their, their main concern, I would suspect. Um, but that's the that's what the consumers will need to push. I mean, so if, if we think that's something that you want, you need to you know, talk to them about it, saying there's other people doing it, we want that as well. Um, but, but more so, commercially, it might become very advantageous for people to do that. So with your um, Leaf and now your Tesla, have you still got your Leaf? Or you so, you, no, you sold, sold it, didn't you? Leaf, That's yeah. right. Yeah. So what sort of setup have you got for charging at home? Yeah, it's a, good, it's a great question, actually. Um, so I had I had a 16-amp caravan plug for my mm-hmm. Leaf. Of uh, course. I'm all about trying to get the best value out of your vehicle as possible. And so I was like, uh, you know, the whole three-pin plug probably doesn't work. Might as well just go 16. So that was, that was all right. Although, because I had it so long ago, I was in that space where dealers were still giving you the converted um, Japanese plugs. And then, you know, obviously I ended up replacing it with an, an NZ-compliant plug. So that was good. Um, so at the moment, um, I'm using the, um, uh, the Tesla-supplied mobile charger. Um, I, I do have it running at 32 amps. Um, I um, 
had my my installation um, is uh, is is installed in such a way that it complies with with the um, standards. Um, so it's all good there. Um, I I probably will upgrade at some point to a wall charger um, in the future. At the point, I probably don't really need to do that. Um, just because the amount of times that we charge, our vehicle still mostly does the running to school and the trips to the shops and that sort of stuff. So it's actually not getting, you know, very many k's of the day. So, um, but um, there are options out there, which is I think is really really good now. Um, you know, you can go with the Tesla ones. You can go with a bunch of other third party ones out there. Um, and now that the Gen Two Tesla wall charges allow for non Tesla usage, I think that's a really good option this option because um, my my concern was at least going with um, you know, going with a Tesla wall charger was that I couldn't have another car charge. I couldn't have a friend come over and charge up and that sort of stuff. So uh, now you can do that. I think it's a great opportunity there to, to upgrade. So I'll probably look at that. Um, but I guess getting the, the maximum charge um, efficiency out of your car I think is the best idea because then you're using it the way it was effectively designed. And um, if there's any dramas around distance, you can top it back up really quickly and off you go. Awesome. Yeah, well, we've just just put in a couple of charges, 32 amp charges at our place. So um, we've got the Gen 1 charger that came with the car. So it has the legacy, um, I think they call it legacy charging. We turned that little dip switch on and um, it limited the charge in the Tesla to 16 amps, which was interesting, um, despite the 32 amp supply. So it, it was a bit of a thing, so I turned it back off again yep. and we put another charger um, yep. in, the, uh, in the garage. So we've got two there now, both supplying 32 if we need it on a 63 amp fuse at the uh, thing. So, yeah, but luckily, luckily the uh, the second one I've got does, um, I think someone said load shedding. Yep. So yep. it measures how much power is going out yep. to the rest of the house and yep. says, all right, I'm only going to supply you with eight amps, yep. six amps, yep. three amps. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it's good. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a probably a good thing. Do you, um, I remember speaking with a lines company in Christchurch um, some years ago and they were a little bit concerned with people not charging at the same time but actually charges turning on at the same time mm. so for example if um, if you had some provider that started providing cheap power at nine o'clock um, what they were concerned that everyone now that we have synchronized times and yep. satellites and all that power demand yep. turning on at exactly nine o'clock coincident peak demand is that right they, they, they refer to it as yep. yeah and then it is it is that is sort of one of the the problems that um, needs to be looked at where um, diversity is key in the energy market so as long as there's enough diversity in the way that consumption happens it's fine there's enough capacity supply. available and supply mm. but if um, you know you you pivot that demand to have everything occur at the one time that cr- creates a problem because energy networks aren't built for everything turning on at the same time so um, yeah diversity is really important and that's where I guess flexibility comes into it um, for my car specifically, because I obviously exist in the industry, I don't tell it to start at a certain time, I tell it to be ready by a certain time. 
so that effectively adds diversity you know to my charging behavior because it might be 50 percent full it might be 90 percent full and so then it, it um, turns on at a different time every time and so I think um, you know if, if there is one thing that you can take away at least from this conversation is adding um, a charge by time to your charger absolutely helps an energy network because it stops everything occurring at the same time and, and creating that that peak um, like we do see with you know three hours of power and two hours free up this time effectively creates another peak mm-hmm. Oh well, look, thank you very much for your time today. Um, thank you. Excellent for chat and uh, very nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Yes, thanks indeed for the chat there, Nick. It's great to meet you. Put a face and a story to the name that I've seen on the social groups. That's what the podcast is all about. So if you have missed out the opportunity to participate to date, then catch up with Alex or me to tell us your story. Thanks also to our ongoing Patreon community supporters you can find out about the special opportunities available for that community at patreon.com slash allthatstesla. Until the next episode, keep sharing a wave with the other EV owners you see on the road, and let's keep the community friendly into the future.